0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go, so
1: fight. The a- Fast to to down, down. 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 I'm me- in
2: Back to Open the Voice Gate for October 20th, 2020. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can find us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our red circle page. You click the red button and you can do a one time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever but we certainly appreciate it. And a special thanks to all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears joined as always by KSO in case we are almost to November. It feels like that we're these last few weeks. We've kind of been like lulled a little bit like that. Dragon Gate's tricking us now. of like one show a week, one show a week, one show a week, but we just have one more stop before we get to Gate of destiny. And it definitely feels like it's now fully upon us now that it's less than 13 days away.
0: I feel like I timed a part of my life poorly. You know, uh, a lot of this pandemic has been hurry up and wait. Points where I've been busy, points where I haven't been as busy. I know I start a new job at the beginning of November. November is possibly the biggest or the busiest month and the biggest month in the history of Dragon Gate. I've got school going on. It, it seems like whatever uh, cozy, comfortable lifestyle I was living in September and October, it is going to fly out the window. Come November 1st, but the positive is is that it is one of the biggest months in Dragon Gate history. We are getting some of the biggest shows and some of the biggest matches that the company has the capability of putting on the build to KZ and ATA, while it has been... Uh, Not exactly a heated feud. I like their in-ring chemistry a lot. We'll talk about what they did on the Kobe Sambo Hall show this past weekend. I like the direction that things are going. I mean, Mike, I I don't think it's insane to say if you took that Gate of Destiny card, which we'll break down uh, match by match next week, but if you took that Gate of Destiny card and you slapped the Kobe World logo on that show, it would be an appropriate world-level card.
2: Yeah, I mean... It would, it would feel like it, and especially with the uh, Dreamgate match with how they like having big crowning moments at Kobe World Pro Wrestling Festival. That does feel like that could be a crowning match here. Then up and down the card, we'll get more into it, but there's not a lot of just like add-ons on this show. When really it's just like, okay, we have five big matches and that means that everyone else is doing uh, six mans or eight mans. And oh yeah, we have the bodyguard here. It's a big show. It's a big show, and it looks like that they're only going to have 10 days to build things up to Kobe World between the two, but they've already started here, and, you know, a lot of things were put in motion in, in Kobe. We'll see next week, and, or this weekend, in Nara for Naruki Doi's uh, 20th anniversary homecoming show, what final touches they're going to put on the month of October, but it's, it's, go- it's something that's kind of remarkable now that they have everything kind of set up, and now they're ready to focus on Kobe World after the third. And I think that that's going to be something where they only have really a core going to set it up. It feels like so things are going to be coming fast and furious as we kick off the month of November. But th- that's November, Mike and Case's problem. We don't have to worry about that right now, Case, because what we have this week we're going to be talking about Kobe. We'll preview Nara, and then we will touch on gates of destinies have all made the network over the last few weeks. And it looks like there might be a couple more that might go up early next month, but. We're going to kind of do what we've done before, Case, where we take a look at what's gone up on, on Dragon Gate Network and what are like, the choice, uh, the, the, the things you should go out of your way to watch, or if you've never seen it before, or things that are worth revisiting. So that's the plan for this week's show. Let's going to Kobe Samba Hall. So that was on October 17th. Attendance was 288. It was slightly up. What were your thoughts overall about the show that we had in the friendly confines?
0: It was... I think in a similar vein to what we've been getting a lot lately, which is a quick show. Once again, these these pandemic shows with the no intermission, they seem to fly by and it's it's very enjoyable. Once again, I think we'll spend a, a majority of the time talking about just how strong the class of 2020, the rookies are, and how they killed it on this Kobe Sambo Hall show. Overall, I I liked a lot of the matches. My biggest gripe is, uh, much like I talked about last week, one, the match that main evented the show over the tag match that featured KZ and Ata squaring off. Not only did I not like the placement of the final two matches, but I also did not like the main event, which is a reoccurring theme with the charming Team Boku in theory, but the poorly executed Team Boku. But overall, you know, it's a Sambo Hall show where nothing outside of the main event really dragged. I thought there was one great match on the show and two matches that I thought were a ton of fun. So it's a thumbs up for me off the bat.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think we might be a little bit divergent on the show. This was something where this show, like, it was a very quick watch, but as someone who's watched everything that has hit tape, you know, it just felt like, I don't want to say it was going through the motions, but this was a lot of stuff that I've seen before, with the exception of the main event and the semifinal, It was a lot of kind of just, like, same old stuff, and not, like, in a bad way. It was like, all right, y'all aren't busting out new tricks in front of Kobe when you have a big show coming up in a homecoming. And it just, like, you, you know, maybe it's my own familiarity that has let me down a little bit. Maybe, maybe I'm hosted on my own petard here, but... I thought this was a good show. I thought this was decent. I don't think this was a bad show. It just was one of those things I was like, at a certain point, I was like, all right, we're 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 getting deep into this match. I've seen this match like 10 times before. And that kind of hit. Me, that kind of struck me a lot here. And it just kind of, in a lot of ways, was like, all right, this is the final play setting, so that's fine. It just is, I'm glad that's happening now versus like the first match in the build to, or the first show in the build to a major show. So that was like my overall takes. Uh, One thing that I noticed just like off the bat, The crowd went pretty dead after a certain point. Was that just me noticing that?
0: When do you think they went dead?
2: I think they went dead after match four, because there was no crowd response for five and six.
0: That's kind of what I thought, too, and I wasn't sure what to make of that. It's a little hard to read into crowd noise just given the the legislature that's been put in place with the no-noise crowds. You guys all know the story by now. But, yeah, I noticed that as well. It's, I, I don't want to necessarily chalk it up to Casey and Eita. I think there's a a reasonable case to make that, Hey, maybe the main event uh, act team Boku is not a main event act. Maybe they're a preliminary team that just happens to have one or two big stars there. So yes, I I think Kobe has been hit and miss on the crowd since we've seen the return of fans uh, in July. I think Kyoto for the most part has been solid. Osaka has been really hot and Kobe has been. I think we've seen some hot crowds and and some not hot crowds, and I just think it's a a matter of of what the cards presented. And I completely see your point on this idea that we've seen this show before, because I I would agree with that. There's one particular match match four that we'll talk about where I think, I don't know, I don't know. We haven't talked about the show. I don't know if maybe you're high on this match. I was just delightfully surprised by the all Torium on six man thought that match way over delivered not that it was a great match but it was just one by the end of it I was like my god that was fun to watch and if you're watching the show top to bottom match one to match six I think uh, your opinion on the show as a whole will likely be um, it'll be a make or break moment with match number four and how you feel about it but before we get to that I do want to talk about the opener if you are ready to.
2: Yeah, let's get into the card itself. The opener was an unaffiliated six-man tag match with the Dragon Gate team of Benkei and the Open to Twin Gate champions, Kota, Minenor, and Jason Lee, phasing off against the class of 2020, that is Kento Kabune, Takedo Kamei, and Madoka Kakuda. 15-minute time limit draw. This was the one where I had the spicy take of maybe Benkei was taking a fall here. They just did just as enough that it looked like that if this went five minutes more, maybe they would get that fall, but it was 15 minutes, time limit draw. This is up on YouTube. Case and I have been tweeting about this endlessly since last night. If you haven't checked out these kids and you don't have a Dragon Gate Network uh, subscription yet, it's up on YouTube for free forever. Go and watch this match. In Case, I was absolutely delighted with this. What were your thoughts overall?
0: Well, something that I did not realize was that I-, I knew that Drangate Network was uploading the opening match of every show onto YouTube for free. So you get the first 30 minutes of every show free. So you're going to get some opening mic work and then uh, match one, sometimes match zero and match one. I assume those were taken down at some point, but it looks like there is a full archive of opening matches on the Drangate YouTube channel now, which I did not realize. So there was no excuse not to watch this six-man tag that I thought was absolutely tremendous. I will say up top, I went four stars on it. It's a notebook match. I thought for as good as Ben K, Jason Lee, and Coach Minora were, this was a match that was carried by the charisma and by the in-ring skill of the youngsters. You guys know I love Kenta Kabune. I think he has uh, you know, a real bright spot as one of the future pillars of the company, but this was not only the Taketa Komai show, this was especially the Madoka Kakuta show. This man took his talents to a new level in this match, and Mike, I know we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Kakuta.
2: So, first off, I, I've already said this, but I'm going to get this out on audio. The Discus lariat. I am dubbing the Hand of God. Because when he collided and timed it with Benkei, where he just clobbered him as long, as, as hard as he could with his super long arms into Benkei's chest, and he just like looked down his fin- his fist, went, ah, and rolled out of the ring. I was like, this kid is something special here. <laughs> like, it was like one of those moments where it's like he didn't just like clobber like the most muscular guy in the roster. He clobbered him so hard that he was like, I might have broken my hand, but I'm still in this. Let's go. And it's something where, we spent a lot of time since Kakuta's debut trying to figure out who Madoka Kakuta is. It's very easy to look at Kamei and be like, all right, he's undersized, he's quite likable, apparently quite the cook, but he is someone that with his size, unless he grows a couple inches, he's only 20, he's probably going to be like a Brave Gate ceiling and a tag team guy. And Kabune, as you said, you think he's going to be a top pillar. I think that he has the ability to. It's going to be a charisma thing. But Madoka Kakuta... He has really shown that, you know, he's got a little bit of, like, baby fat on him, but if he just puts on a, just a bit of muscle, we're talking about a power junior in the vintage, it's Shingo Takagi, if you ask me. As soon as he, like, starts throwing bombs and gets some throws down, and he has that awesome pump kick, but Doka Kakuta, for being the X-Factor so long, it's now, like, we're kind of, like, the scales have fallen, at least from my eyes. I think he could be quite a special worker. He he. right now is a dude, but he might end up being a guy after all this. and he, he might end up being the guy out of this class.
0: To properly set the stage for what Mike has dubbed the Hand of God Lariat, we're talking about a spot in this opener where Ben K and Kakuta are bouncing off the ropes. And if you've seen one Ben K match, you know this spot where they're going to hit the ropes two or three times and cross each other in the middle of the ring. And then Ben K is going to hit a WrestleMania main event level spear, even if it's the opener in Kobe Sambo Hall, he wants to rip his opponent in half. And instead of that in this match, we get Kakuta taking a drop step, spinning, and nailing a discus lariat at full speed onto Ben K., I didn't think anybody was coordinated enough to do this. It is a, a new wrinkle to a move that Kakuta has slowly been rolling out. We saw on the last Cork and Hall show, he was kind of wildly throwing that lariat here. He took it up to a, a, another level. And I hope that this becomes a signature spot for him because it's something that really, I, I don't know of anybody in wrestling that is throwing a discus, discus lariat period, let alone with the force of, of a JBL-level clothesline from Hell, or a Susumu Yokosuka Jumbo Nokachi to bring it back to Drangate. This is, is a signature move in the making.
2: Yeah, and it's something that really, when you like look at Kobune, he's someone that has a whole lot of throws that he's able to do. Uh, Kame has like the great babyface charisma and the huge uh, dropkick that he's been able to do almost out of anywhere. This gives, like, a tool in Kakuda's tool set, along with, like, his pump kick, which is something that I kind of felt like that this was, that Kobe, his pump kick was Korkin's discus lariat, where, like, he's, tra- he's figuring it out. And it's something that, like, with his height and really, like, it- it's easy now for me. After, like, months of me, like, trying to grapple what this guy was, we were like, he's the X Factor, we don't know what he is. Now, what we know what, what Madoka Kakuta could be, and that is just an absolute bomb thrower. And we were like, one of the few things we talked about beforehand was what I really want to see out of these guys now, and especially at Kakuta, is I want them basically to be like thrown into the finishing stretch of a top of the card trios match and give them like three minutes each with KZ, with Susuma Yokosuka, with your with your naruki Dois and see how they bring the fight there because to me that's going to be the end like we will know who these guys are now and when you look and when you think about it we're coming up on the anniversary of both kabune and kame so it's about time for us to figure out what's going to happen here because as they've tweeted as they tweeted over this week they had six wrestlers pass their protests so there's more coming there's more coming there's in a way who is doing exhibitions there's other guys that they're They're waiting to see when to debut, so it's going to come fast and furious out of the dojo in Kobe, and it's time to figure out where these guys are. And being able to go to a 15-minute time limit draw with the current Twin Gate champions and one of the most recent open, the Dream Gate champions, really shows that as much as we talk them up, the company believes in these kids just as much.
0: Yeah, it's a huge seal of approval. And just to backtrack for a second, because it I, I knew what Mike was talking about, and it even confused me when he said it. Six wrestlers passed their pro test over the weekend. That is pro with a space, and then test with a uh, – it's its two words there. I was like, what What are we protesting now? I forget. Is Dragon Gate going on strike? I, I missed something. But no, uh, theres it looks like six new wrestlers in the dojo. Uh, but to your point, the class of 2020, a time limit draw, even if it's the opening match, a time limit draw with current champions and with Ben K, who was, as Mike pointed out, not only a recent Open the Dreamgate champion, but a recent Open the Triangle Gate champion. This is a huge seal of approval. And looking ahead, again, we'll talk about it more next week. But they're on the main show, Gate of Destiny card, match number three, not match number zero, not an eight-man unaffiliated opener. They're in match number three, lined up against Masato Yoshino, Yasushi Kanda, and Ultimo Dragon. Again, we've been saying it for a month now. Something is happening with these kids. We can't exactly put our finger on it. Mike, I don't know if, if your crystal ball has changed at all. I still don't really have any sort of inclination as to what direction these kids are going to go in, but we know something is happening sooner rather than later
2: yeah, yeah it it seems like our immediate plan of maybe putting class of twenty twenty in a triangle Gate match at Kobe Worlds off the books, but they have other plans. I think that'll work out just as well, but it does seem like that there are plans, all of them have gear, all of them were getting some of the biggest responses on the card, and that was something that really kind of struck me like talking about the semi-main event and the main event the crowd was hot for the three for the three rookies and it's only like it's only like good things like it be able to get the crowd engagement behind them at this point is going to be real important for them five years down six years down when a lot of the people when we're going to have like a big generational shift and they're already in a really good direction with these three with sore food when he comes back and then seeing who is I should correct myself. It was the entrance test. It was not like the final seal of approval. They have a system where there's... I think... I know you've done investigating it. It's two tests that they take before you become a wrestler. There's the entrance test after training and then the pro test, if I'm right.
0: Uh, That is correct to my knowledge. I don't know if something has changed since the last time I asked.
2: Okay. Okay. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting because it's only going to keep on coming more and more and more as... Kabune and Kameh are out of their rookie years. Kakuta is now at it as well. And then whenever Sora Fujikawa is back, I know he's back in the gym now. Which so I was just I mean. about it's to Kabu-
0: ask do we know of a, a timetable on Fujikawa? Because he's the guy that, you know, if you listen to our shows from August, we're talking about, oh my God, like, yeah, Kabune and Kamai Kakuta, they're fine, but Sora Fujikawa is the one. And, and Fujikawa, we speculated at the time, maybe he was going to be the yellow demon mask that ended up being Kaisuke Akuta. Uh, that was not the case. It wouldn't have been the case anyways, but it was ruled impossible when Fujikawa wrestled Masaki Mochizuki on a house show and and Mochizuki broke his jaw with a kick. We speculated, like, oh, man, isn't that awfully convenient? Like, wouldn't it be crazy if they put Fujikawa under the mask and then we were uh, notified, uh, no, this kid is getting jaw surgery. His entire mouth is messed up by way of Mochizuki's lethal, lethal kicks. But like you were saying, Fujikawa's back in the gym. He could come back, hopefully, relatively soon. And we know for a fact that there are kids that are training right now in the dojo to make their debuts.
2: Yeah, so Fujikawa... Was cleared to go back to training and food. Uh, I I've not seen. I did not see him in Kobe, so he might just be back in the dojo and back training and being able to do so. So, who knows? I I would be stunned if he wasn't back by the end of the year, though. So,
0: that'd be uh, that'd be that'd be nice to see him back in the fold.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's not too far behind. This isn't one of those things with like Oji Shiba where he like disappears for fifteen months or or or. or katsumi takashima who just disappears like i think that we'll be seeing him sooner rather than later up uh, any other big thoughts you have on this opener again it's worth going our way for i was four i was four stars as well basically the hand of god granted it went from three and three quarters to four stars like you see that and you're like no that's a four star thing that's an amazon four star matches and it, it it's something that i think is really Kind of a special opener, and it—I kind of felt bad for the rest of the card because the you just had a bunch of rookies just show out, and now you're up next. So, it—I—it was—it was easily my match of the night. How about you?
0: It was my match of the night, and I—I I like the pressure that the rookies are putting on this. Guys, maybe the rest of the roster just rolls their eyes and goes, oh, whatever, the kids are working hard, great. They got over in, in Kobe Sambo Hall. Talk to me when you get over in Kobe Kenan Hall. Maybe that's the vibe backstage, I don't know. But I really like that we're now getting opening matches, match two, match three. Whenever these rookies fall onto the card, it's, and they just raise everybody's game. I mean, look, it's not like Ben K, K Menorah and Lee are short on great matches. These are guys that have been killing it for years now. But man, I like that they're in there with the rookies, and the rookies are the one kind of commanding the pace and commanding the spotlight. And they are the ones that push this to a spreadsheet level match. Four stars in the opener and my match of the night for Kobe Sambo Hall.
2: After that we had a tag team match. It was Yosuke Samaria and UT at Dragon Gate versus unaffiliated Matsaki Mochizuki and the Torimon Generation's Ginky Horiguchi. Ginky got a got a sneaky backslide from heaven on UT after UT seemed like he was going to get out of it for a while. Ginky was like, nah, nah. It's the, black, it's the backslide from heaven for a reason and was able to get the pen there. And, you know, I thought that this was like... It was going to be hard to follow up on this, but I, I ended up really enjoying this. This was maria more reverting back to her underdog character versus the exotico stuff so i thought that this was it was something that i think came across a lot better and also you had the fact that that there were a lot of shenanigans that could have been had in this match but it was like the four wrestlers decided that this was a no fun match we're going to go out there and we're going to beat the heck out of each other
0: my only note here is that I thought it was too long. It went 12 minutes after a 15 minute opener and it was followed by a 13 minute long match. And I know I said up top that this show was relatively short, all things considered. I don't know if we needed to hit uh, a plus 10 minute match in match number two. I think this could have been cut down by a few minutes and it, we would have really been able to savor the mochizuki UT interactions at that point. But it was a fine match. I mean, inoffensive three star bound, I just wish I would it would have been a little shorter.
2: It, it was something where if I know that Misaki Mochizuki is targeting someone's stomach, like he did with Maria, I know that it's no fun day. And that was like the main focus there. I was three and a quarter. I might, I maybe liked that a little bit more. But then after that, then I was like, oh gosh, these, th- this is a six match show that's relatively breezy. But this was the shortest match on the show. And everything else was between 13 and 16 minutes long for each match. Going into match three, Dragon Gate versus R.E.D. This was a, Another Gate of Destiny preview match with Yamato and Keisuke Okuda Akuda Dragon Gate facing off against their opponents on the third Kai and Kaido Ishida, the Open the Brave Gate champion, and it was Kai gained the win after Yamato just kind of lost his uh, lost his medal and started attacking with a chair in 13 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, I thought that this was this was a lot more like I like the heat here, and I wish there was that kind of level of heat here that was that could have been in the semi-main event. Like I liked that this match for how this these two feuds have been going i feel like that this was sufficient i feel like this was a satisfying way to kind of have like their last like uh their last prelude i guess did you like the finish you know Yamato was getting a t- chair attacked a whole lot beforehand like i understood it i if i had it my way the only like wacky f- finishes are going to be when Osh- when okuda and Ishida snap so like i was like oh man dq but i was okay with it. i was like no They've been building this up as a blood for you to make sense.
0: Yeah, I asked because I, I didn't mind it. I, it's yeah. weird. I liked a lot of... I, I like every bit of Yamato and Kai interactions we've seen since the turn. But I, I was a, a little bit concerned moving into Gate of Destiny by their chemistry in this match. I thought Yamato and Kai were really sloppy together, which I don't ever say about Yamato. And I haven't had that issue with Kai in quite a while. So I'm going to chalk it up to just an off night for both them. Small show, small venue. Maybe it happens. I, I like the finish. I just didn't like how we got there necessarily in relation to the Yamato Kai feud. And uh, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. Maybe we'll be able to transition to a new topic come November 4th. But Kaisuke Akuta, Kaito Ishida, my God. I mean, these guys just don't miss. They swing for the fences every time and they don't miss, Mike
2: yeah and this was exactly what i wanted to have in their final their final prelude i don't think they're on the same are they are they facing off against each other in uh, nara yes they are okay so there's still be one more prelude with them but i was like all right let's go this could truly be a legendary uh a triangle gate or brave gate match as it is going into this and i've already had like these high expectations i'm working on an article just chronicling how great this feud was and these two guys are connected uh, I'm going to post something to you right now about Yamato and Kai. Please. And we'll, we could redress this next week when we fully break down Gated Destiny, but would you be surprised if this match goes to a no contest and they do something bigger at Kobe World two weeks later? Because I'm starting to get that vibe.
0: Oh, not at all. No, I I. it'll be interesting to see. I, I really think the direction that they should head is a no ropes match. Okay, so yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's it's Yamato's signature match. The, the thing that's going to get in the way of it is I don't think they're going to have an intermission at World. Well, I guess I can't say that because they just did Dangerous Gate with the cage match, and that worked as some sort of an intermission. So realistically, you could put Yamato versus Kai on World as match five or match six, take the ring down and then put it back together. I mean, that's a lot of sitting still and, and probably encouraging people not to necessarily walk around the venue. But uh, that's a realistic possibility. I mean, the only other option if you're going to go that route is to go Kobe World 06 style uh, with Shima and Magnitude Kishiwada in a no-ropes match that headlined the show with the suspicion being uh, Shima pinched that stipulation said, well, I mean, if we're going to take the ring down, we have to go on last, Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I've just heard that's the story that maybe Shiba came up with this idea to headline Kove World over Susumu Yokosuka and Dragon Kid because he pitched the one stipulation that rendered the ring useless. I don't know. That's just what I've heard. But I, I would be intrigued by uh, some sort of... Yamato versus Kai, no ropes, or at least no disqualification match, and I don't think whatever happens at Gate of Destiny is going to be the conclusion to not only that feud, but I think that's not going to be the last singles match we see between the two in the immediate future.
2: No, I'm with you on that. Uh, And, you know, it's just taking off the ropes. You can do it relatively quickly. You know what I mean? You take down the ropes to put them back up afterwards. Maybe there's plunder you gotta clean out at the same time, but I think they can do it. I, I would like to see... Ama- Yamato unsealing his, uh, his trademark match for this feud. I feel like that would add some spice and some variety to Kobe World, and you wouldn't have to build up a completely new match in two weeks. So, that's why I threw that out there. That'd be nice to see. Alright, then match four, and I think this is the match where we might be the most divergent on. It was a six-man tag team match. Torimon versus Torimon. Ultimo Dragon, Masato Yoshino, and Sasumi Yokosuka going up against Dragon Kid, Sushi Kondo, and Kakatora kakatora got the pen with the uh, kaganui flash pen in 15 minutes and 20 seconds on masato yoshino and i i'm just gonna hit this first um this wasn't a bad match to me but i was like at a certain point i was like five minutes have passed 10 minutes have passed i was like oh wow are we gonna get into that gear are we gonna like hit another gear here and it just was just like a very pleasant trio's match that it was something where like i was like okay this match happened after it was over and then all the post-match stuff. I was like, all right, nope, now it makes sense. You're using this match to build up to something for Kobe world. That's fine. But I kind of came away from this match going like, all right, this happened. And I went two and three quarters.
0: Okay. So I'm at three and a half on this. And the word that I have in my notes to describe this match is clean. I just felt like these six guys went out there. They all knew each other. Well, and granted it's probably the worst version of a six man tag that these guys could have, but i just watched this and it was kind of you know marvelled by this idea of like my god like these guys every transition is so clean everything they do just works and it flows together and it's it's great to see and while it seems random on paper i really like this dragon kid kagatoru Kondo trio's team i think it fits like it's probably something that would have been a uh, notable and say 2005 had these t- had this trio team together where you would have the junior heavyweight and Dragon Kid you would have the middleweight and Kagatora and you would have the power junior heavyweight type and Shuji Kondo, and I think that works really well as a trios team. We've obviously seen over the past 15 years the Triangle Gate uh, titles are often just, these three guys are together, and we'll go through a cycle of the titles with whoever teaming and then we'll move on with our lives. But I think specifically in the spirit of a trios team, the DK Kondo Kagatura team works really, really well together. But what I couldn't figure out, and what I wanted to ask you, Mike, the, the man that knows just a little bit more about Dragon Gate than I do. There's not many that do. It's you, and it's Jay, and that's it. Is there a a, hist- a historical link between Dragon Kid, Shuji Kondo, and Kagatora, something that links those three together, or is this truly just a random Toriyama generation trio?
2: I mean, Kagatora and Kondo spent time together in Eldorado. Like, not a whole lot of time, because Kondo by into by very quickly it was like nah I got bigger things ahead of me I'm going to all Japan but I mean like the, they were because you had Agoniso and Torimon X that were kind of left on the outside when the split happened those two had some familiarity but Dragon Kid is like the spanner to that you know I mean because Dragon Kid had his second biggest feud of his career against Tsuji Kondo him and Kakatora have team but it's not really a big thing so I don't know it kind of feels like hey a thrown, thrown together team which whenever I see a thrown together team with Kondo and DK, I always raise my eyebrow to, and I think I should should eventually keep my eyebrow down for these two guys. But I don't know. There's a huge link between these three.
0: That's what I assume, just because Kagatora is just a weird historical anomaly. His history, yes, just yes, doesn't his weird. history just doesn't make a ton of sense at the grand scheme of things. But I would continue to have that eyebrow raised. Look, do I think at Kobe World? Shuji Kondo is dumping Dragon Kid on his neck after the match. I do not. If it happens, I welcome it. I think that'd be fun. I do not think it's going to happen, but I, at just at some point, right? I mean, at some point, Kondo is going to snap Uh, on this guy that he almost killed 16 years ago, I would continue to have that eyebrow raised. I don't know if it's happening within six months or a year, but you're exactly right. Every time Kondo and Dragon Kid are on the same team, I can't rule it out of my mind that Shuji Kondo is going to murder this masked man.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that, after the match, uh, we had a reminder of what murdering the masked man might have as... Uh, Dragon Kid, Kondo, and Kakatora wanted the next uh, Triangle Gate shop at uh, Kobe World. Everyone seemed okay with that, but then then Ultimo said, uh, "You can do that match, but remember, you're facing the bodyguard in Osaka. You're in that match first, so don't 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 plan on a lot of things in your near future. You gotta get through that first. Like don't be don't be assuming." And then Ultimo also said, "So I want to v- invite Taru to Kobe World." Y'all cool with this? Y'all cool? Y'all cool? Okay.
0: And somehow the response wasn't "No, we're not. Don't do that."
2: (laughs) I was happy having Taru have like one four-star match in my year. I don't need to like have him like bring down his average, you know?
0: No, we we did the Taru experiment. We got our like our nostalgia (laughs) from it. We're good. We don't need him. Bodyguard is fine. Bodyguard is fun. Into anybody panicking that he's sticking around? No, he's not. He typically works. Uh, not every year, but most years he works a Dragon Gate show in Osaka. He's friends with Ultimo Dragon. He's from Osaka. If you pay attention to Ultimo. He's friends with Gamma. If you pay attention to All Japan booking, the only thing that you would know about the bodyguard is that he's from Osaka. That's his only characteristic. He's not sticking around, and if he does, it's going to be in a very limited capacity, but I would put that at 1%. He's showing up to Gate of Destiny to help move some tickets and more power to him. I don't care. He's in a fun-looking match on Gate of Destiny. He's not sticking around, and I pray to a god if there is one that after Kobe World, Taru is not sticking around anymore.
2: You see, that's where my fear is, is more Taru. You know, Bodyguard, I know what Bodyguard is. We both know what the deal is with him. And if he sticks around past, if he shows up on a cork, and then you could really start asking questions. But that's not going to happen. Taru is the person I'm like, all right, okay, Ultimo. Uh, yeah, you have, you have a lot of great powers. We're all happy you're back. You've been great. But Taru, really? Him? Taru, him? Really? Taru, him? Really? So... Hopefully it's a one-off thing or he only comes back a couple times a year. I I, I just shudder to think of Taru as a full-time roster member at this point.
0: Well, we're going to talk about a match later on uh, in this show where I became greatly concerned with Ultimo Dragon being included in Dragon Gate. Over the past year, for the most part, it's been fine. Taru is the one asterisk that is now hanging over all of our heads.
2: Taru, really? Him? Taru, really? Him? Yeah, it's just that, like, at that, some that, point,
0: like, I know is the boss, but when he's being like, hey, is it cool if we invite this guy? Doesn't somebody have the guts to be like, no, we don't want, no, Ultimo, that sucks. We don't want him, we don't like him. That's what I was hoping for, but I guess not.
2: I, I, I mean, out of these five guys, who would have been the one that said, like, I don't like him, it would have been Kondo. Kondo would have been the one who was like, no, that dude sucks. Everyone else would have been like, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I mean, look, Kondo lost his role in Dragon Gate in 2004 for a, a multitude of reasons, but one of the reasons that's always been attributed to him is that uh, he and Brother Yashi and all of Agonisu, actually, were at some sort of sponsor dinner with Fuji TV in 2004. This is right after the company turned over to Dragon Gate, and Fuji TV was still, I think, doing monthly pay-per-views at this point for the company. Right, yeah. And and supposedly... Uh,
2: allegedly. Allegedly.
0: <laughs> allegedly, uh, Kondo and Yashi in particular were having some... They were working blue. They were having some off-color banter that night that made the Fuji TV representatives very uncomfortable, and that was one of the things that expedited their exit from the company
2: yeah allegedly 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 <laughs> w- what i was trying to think of a cute segue but no all right so match <laughs> so the semi-main event uh, I i talked about all of those things that happened after the match yes i did semi-main event time dragon gate versus red it's another preview match uh KZ and dragon dia versus ada and diet inferno KZ got the win with what's called a modified pinfall. It just was like a crazy clutch flash pen in 15 minutes and 15 seconds. And yeah, uh, I've kind of beat around the bush last week when we were talking about it, but let's get into the lifespan of Die Inferno because I feel like that the clock has been expedited with this character. Uh, what were your thoughts about him in this match?
0: So my eyebrow was raised after he debuted at Cork and he did not debut in the ring on the Kyoto show that we talked about last week. He actually wrestled on the house shows before that. I believe it was in, uh, Taioma where, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he wrestled the main event and not only did he wrestle on the main event, he did not get the pinfall. He wasn't involved in the finish at all. And that was, I, I found that to be odd because I was like, man, wouldn't you want to debut this guy on TV or at least get him a win? If he's going to be wrestling in front of people, and I thought, well, you know, it's, a uh, It's a new character. It seems like something that they're making a big deal out of. Maybe they want to make sure that by the time the cameras are rolling, that he has his moves and his mannerisms down, and that he's going to deliver in front of the big audience. We saw him get the win in Kyoto. I thought his performance was uh, drastically different than most things we've seen in Dragon Gate up to this point in their 21-year history, but an unenjoyable performance. I really liked it. I think him not getting the fall here, combined with Dragon Daya versus Die Inferno already being announced for Kobe World, whether the unmasking happens at World or the Cork and After or early January, whenever it is, I don't think this is a year-long mask-ripping feud that we're getting. I think Die Inferno is a step towards a greater story, and I'm okay with that. Because I still really like the work that Die Inferno has done in his Angle debut and then the two matches that we've seen. I think his performance has been really good. Kyoto a little bit stronger than Kobe, but both still strong. But it doesn't seem like this is going to necessarily be a long journey to get to who, who was under this mask. I think we're going to figure it out relatively soon.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my feelings as well. I just, like, look this mask now, and now I've seen him in two matches, and I'm like, how can this mask be worn full-time? This isn't, like, Drago's mask, Triple A Drago's match, where it's form-fitting to his face. You know, it's probably not the most comfortable thing in the world to put in, but it's not like it, you can breathe out of it. Your eyes aren't completely, like, blocked by rubber. This mask is not... I can only imagine, and if talking, and have knowing enough people who have, like, wrestled under masks, like how how it is wrestling under masks, this has to be, like, one of the least fun masks to ever wrestle on. Because it's basically, like, you have the eye ports, but they're not, like, wide, and then the mouth and the and breathing, it's like you're breathing into a Halloween costume. And, like, and unless, like, we see at Kobe World or we see at Gate of Destiny that we see an actual mask that looks, that's, like, a combination of this and Daya's mask, I have no reason to believe that this character is going to be long-term. Just because, like, you can't wrestle in this thing. And this really made the Dio Inferno character feel more like a Dr. Muscle or a metal warrior than ever like darkness, dragon felt. And maybe that's just me.
0: Mike, something that I've learned over my 21 years on earth, and maybe you don't know this, which is fine. So I'm not going to judge you, but uh, something I've learned is that beauty is pain. And uh, <laughs> while the, uh, while the Dio Inferno costume looks incredibly uncomfortable and nearly impossible to wrestle in. I don't know how he is as mobile as he is. It looks so good that I think he kind of has to deal with it. I think he has been (laughs) dealt these cards. He's been given an incredible character with, I think one of the greatest character debuts that I've ever seen in any company if, he's like, if he has a hard time breathing, so be it. Like, I think that's the moral stance that most of the globe has taken is that if something, perhaps a disease or perhaps a mask, that inhabits your breathing ability happens, so be it. Learn to deal with it. Learn to adapt. And I feel that way about Die Inferno.
2: Let it be known that I'm pro wrestler in cases for the art.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed I am. Big art guy right here. <laughs>
2: I, I I mean I, I I was I'm not as versed in Morris or Smiths as you, are, else so I was going to <laughs> drop a line there because I felt like you were just listing stuff up there. No, it, it's one of those things that I think like the character works excellent. I think like it works. I, I think it's one of those things that it might not necessarily completely connect with the crowd because they can't go boo or go oh, when he does like a bite. But I think it's, like, it makes sense. It's just, like, look at that, look at, like, the, the heavy suit, the dry fit, and there's nothing about that that screams, like, this is the full-time thing. Like, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I choose to believe that if we had full vocal crowd responses, this character would be getting big boos. I think this would, would be getting a ton of heat just for the simple fact that it's a foil to Dragon Dia, who has been super over for an entire year now. So I yeah it's it's a little bit tough to gauge with heel work this strong. I think Gate had done a good job of avoiding this where we've seen New Japan fail what, what I think it fail miserably with the overt heel work of the evil Dik Togo bullet club situation but i I, I think it's unfair to to die Inferno to compare him directly to that. I just think it's the closest Dragate has gone in that direction, and I think the great thing about die Inferno is that it's not, you know, it's a it's a guy dressed in black with horns and spikes and all this and that, but it's not a spooky character. It's kind of a, a violent and aggressive character. And I, I think mm-hmm. there's such a fine line that he's dancing on right now. And so normally I, I might see this if I was watching from afar, maybe I was just parachuting in for some of these shows, and I would be turned off by the look, turned off by the name, whatever is going on, just because it typically veers into... Uh, melodramatic storytelling, stuff that I'm not necessarily looking for in wrestling. But I think Die Inferno has straddled that line very well. A, a clear character, someone that's not necessarily going out there to adapt to the Dragon Gate house style and to uh, uphold the work rate standards that they have. He's clearly basing all of his in-ring actions off of the character that's been built but it's not a spooky goblin ghoul character it's someone that's violent that has a bite that feels dangerous and i really like that distinction
2: that's fair that's fair and, and i do like those aspects i think that like, also in a company that you would think you would see a lot of lung blowers him really kind of making the lung blower into a thing makes sense and i think that's pretty cool absolutely so so yeah um other i mean we kind of touched on casey and ada Beforehand, do you have any other big semi main event thoughts about this before we move on to the main event? I think KZ
0: and Ata have excellent chemistry with one another. And I, I, like I said at the top of the show, I don't know if the build has been that strong, but I really like what they're doing. So I'm personally invested in it. I just don't know with, with the Western or the native fan base, I can't get a, a, a read on how excited people are for this match. But I know personally, I've really enjoyed their chemistry with one another, and I'm really excited for Gate of Destiny as a whole, but specifically that main event. I think it's going to be a, an excellent match.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we get into later, Gate Destiny is a, it is a show line with a lot of vintage and some high work rate match, and I don't have any belief, I don't have any reason to believe that's not going to be the case. Main event time, Team the full team Boku... Uh, naruki doi ryo saito ryo to shimizu and punch tomonaga face off against an eight-man red team of bb hulk takashi yoshida diamante and hyo it was tomonaga getting a flash pin on yoshida of all people in 16 minutes 56 seconds and uh you know it happened <laughs> like uh, the, the, this was the first time in a while that i would give something a gentleman's three because in Dragon Gate, like not just like three stars that it overachieved, just like a three. This match happened. I'm done with it.
0: I'm not even I, I'm not even sure I'm that high on it. I I really don't like uh, the full Team Boku crew headlining televised shows. If you want to throw on a Doi Shimizu tag or even Doi Saito Shimizu against the right team, I think that's right. fine. But I mean, we're talking about Casey and Dragon Dive versus Ata and Dia and, and Inferno. A match that's headlining Gate of Destiny, a match that's already been announced for Kobe World, and they have to go on before a match that ends with punch Tomonaga pinning Takashi Yoshida. I, I have no interest, no time, no patience for Team Boku in the main event. I I was really excited with the direction that Shimizu had gone and completely reverting back to his old anime character, but I need Team Boku to not do what they're doing. This is two main events in a row that I think have been completely void of heat, and I'm just I'm not into it either.
2: Well, luckily there might be a stipulation happening at Gate of Destiny that might shake things up out of this. So we do have that to rest our laurels on a little bit. So we can look forward to that at least. But yeah, this was this was a match that happened. The work was all fine. Uh just kind of was a whole lot of Team Boku shenanigan against the, the Four sleaziest members of uh, RED. I mean, and 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 that's something that I say with all, with all the love in the world. I mean, you have BB B. Hulk, you have Yoshida, you have Diamante, and you have Hio. I mean, the l- l- like you're going to get what you get with those four guys.
0: Yeah, it's I it's the RED C team, maybe the D team. It's the worst. Uh, you know, Hulk, Diamante, Hio. They're fine on their own, but in, in this quartet, no, nah, I I. I did not like this main event. This main event put a real damper on a show that, up to that point, I had really been enjoying.
2: Yeah, and I don't really have any other takes other than that. So, this show will be up on the network through the twenty-fifth, and the uh, stellar opening match is on YouTube. Go watch the YouTube match if you haven't watched it. Do a treat for yourself. It's fifteen minutes. It's like a perfect lunch break match.
0: And like, we'll put we'll put the off. link in the description. How about that? Are you are you comfortable doing that, Mike? Putting the YouTube oh, link in the description.
2: I'm writing that in my notes right now, link in the show notes. There we go. So there, it's one click. You're listening to the show now. Take a break, 15 minutes, watch the match,
0: come back, listen to us preview the NARA show on the 25th and talk about all of the great content that maybe you're on the fence about subscribing to the Dragon Gate Network while not only... Are you getting the live events for the busiest month they've ever had in November? But we're about to preview the back catalog, the archive of Gate of Destiny classics that you can watch as well with that subscription.
2: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So let's talk about the the show on the twenty fifth. This is the Gate of Death, Gate of Victory tour goes into their final stop, I believe. Until oh, they have they have one more show after that. Never mind, I'm a liar. But their last televised stop before Gate of Destiny. They're going to Nara. It's in Naruki Doi's 20th anniversary show. Worth noting, Naruki Doi reaggravated an elbow injury. He's taken a couple shows off. They have not announced that he is. They announced that he will be in Nara for his homecoming show. So it just seems like he banged it up. But we got this on the network. will be the second anniversary show of the year. I'm just going to run down the card real quick, Case, and then we can toss in our thoughts if so that's okay with you. Sounds good. Opener, Team Boku, Shimizu and Tomonaga versus Dragon Gate, Yamato and Lee. Second match, Singles match, uh, KZ, Dragon Gate, uh, Konda, Torimon. Third match, Trios, Okuda, Minenora, and Daya, Dragon Gate, Ishida, Diamante, and Inferno of RED. Match four, Unaffiliated, we have Yokosuka and Horiguchi of Torimon versus Kobune and Kamei of the rookies. Match five, toriamon versus dragon gate uh kid kondo kakatora so that's the uh that's the kobe world challenge team drag uh, toriamon versus benkei maria ut dragon gate main event Torimon versus red doi ultimo yoshino sairio of toriamon eta hulk yoshida and Hio of red
0: I can't knock the main event, but I also have no interest in it. My entertainment is going to be directly influenced by matches three through five on this show. The Akuta Minora Daya versus Ishida Diamante Inferno Six Man, Horiguchi and Susumu versus Kabune and Kamei. And then I am into this Dragon Kid Kondo Kagatora Trio and I think Ben K, Maria, and UT are good opponents for them. So we'll see. I don't expect anything on this show to be great because it is a glorified house show that is only being aired on the Dragon Gate Network because it is the DOI 20th anniversary. So I don't expect a ton in terms of match quality, but I like the, the middle of that card quite a bit.
2: Yeah, the the middle of the card look like to be where the meat's on the bone here. Uh, another chance to see an Inferno. Maybe some stuff might... Maybe we pulled out, maybe we'll see more about that. Get more Ashita and Okuda, and Diamante will be able to take a couple crazy dumb bumps. Do you think if Kabune and Kame win this match, they get a Kyushu tag team title match? Because I feel like they should.
0: They should absolutely get a Kyushu pro tag team title match if they win this match. That's probably... Look...
2: Did I just call something? I Did mean, my crystal ball come out there?
0: Look, I don't know if anybody is going on excursion to mexico or mlw in america anytime soon maybe you send these kids to kayushu pro for about eight months let them do some work there let them tear up that territory take stuff over there and then come the back the and-, <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> and then they can come back and i don't know what do you want to do put the dream Gate bell in kakuta i'm just throwing out ideas i don't know but i'm just saying it's it's I, I don't think they're gonna win this match maybe they go to a time limit here i mean would that shock you if we get another 15 minute time limit draw here
2: no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, to be honest. I think that that would be a good use of time there, especially showing them move up the cards.
0: Yeah, it would, be, it would be nice to see. So I think that match will be a lot of fun. And then, like I said, I like that six-man tag. That is the semi-main event on the show.
2: Yep, no, I'm with you on that. And that's going to be it on the network until Gate of Destiny. There's, they're going to have a show in Aichi. That's going to be UT and Kobune's homecoming. They'll be in an Hime, and they'll be in Gifu the Problem Dragon Homecoming, one of the more popular homecoming shows each year is Problem Dragons 1. That's when the problem child of the Kamada clan gets everyone out there. Usually that's when his his nephew that he's wrestling for shows up. Sadly, this never makes a network. I wish it would. I think that'd be a lot of fun to see everyone coming out for Problem Dragon and then they'll be back on the network for Gate of Destiny.
0: And with that, Mike, we're going to turn to the archives for a second. Are you ready to talk about the lineage of Gate of Destiny and what is available on the Dragon Gate Network.
2: So we've been doing this pretty much all year whenever they put up new shows, but we felt like this would be a good time to kinda of tackle the archive of Dragon Gate Network as we have the line share of the Gate of Destiny shows because I know that you mentioned that they have everything up to twenty thirteen up right now, right?
0: So right now, as of only recording, which is October twentieth. It looks like everything is on the network through 2014, with the exception of 2013, which will go up on October 30th. And, Mike, you can look on the network real quick, and I can fill time as we kind of talk about this show if you want to work backwards. I do not see... Gate of Destiny 2019, last year's show on the network. I don't see it under the Japanese Big Match Feature tab or the English Commentary tab, and I know they don't remove those shows. So if you want to dive through the network real quick just to make sure that's not on there. Anyways, whether it is or isn't, I will quickly kind of run through that card and what's to watch there in case it is on the network, which for me was the Kezi and Yamato versus Mochizuki and Shun Skywalker tag match, the Kaito Ishida Bravegate win over Sasumi Yokosuka that began his what is now going to be a year-long run as Bravegate champion, and the main event, which was Bin K versus Masao Yoshino, one of the best Dreamgate matches in many, many years. I I just adored what they brought to the table there. And the thing to avoid on this show is the 8-man tag with Hyo, Kazma, Sakamoto, Takashi Yoshida, and Diamante going to a 14-minute double countout with Genki Horiguchi, Kines, Super Shisa, and Ultimo Dragon. I gave this match in my review on VoicesOfWrestling.com a dud. I hated this match. It made me so incredibly concerned about Ultimo Dragon in the future because I thought his ego was going to run wild. Ever since then, it's been in check, but that double countout is as bad of a match as we've seen in Drangate in years.
2: Yeah, that's a real, that one was a real rough match. Uh, I am not seeing Gate Destiny either up there. I'll, 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 I'll talk to my people. I'll, I'll see what the deal is there. We'll I for sure have an it,
0: update on at Open Voice Gate on Twitter regarding the Gate of Destiny 2019 situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's wild. Maybe it's up as an infinity. Maybe that's the thing no it's not up as an affinity either that is weird that is weird uh yeah no definitely kaito Ishida versus sumi Yokosuka, if you are a newcomer so sumi basically in his title reign as a brave gate champion kind of left kind of like went through making people and left the brave gate into the position where kaito Ishida was able to take the ball and run with it it was something that was truly really cool in this match in kaito Ishida's hometown he was able to win that match and it was a really exceptional one. I loved the Yamato and K Z versus Mochizuki and Shun Skywalker tag match. It was just just these guys going full bore. You had Yamato and K Z being both uh it was kind of like an unaffiliated tag match that this happened out of nowhere and it was an absolute blast. And then yeah, Bing this was this was the uh, title match that like he had the match of Yamato that was very good, but this was it'll probably go down as Masato Yoshino's last great singles match, you know? Well, and it was here against Binken. I thought it was truly exceptional. Those were the three matches. And yeah, just avoid that eight-man, t- that uh, that that tag match of R.E.D., like the plague. And, you know, Strong Machine J versus Maximum, the Strong Machines versus Maximum, that was fine, but that was when the Strong when the uh, Strong Machine Army was kind of growing long in the tooth.
0: And we're being disappointed by that. I liked that Maximum team of Doi, Dragon Kid, and Jason Lee quite a bit, and I felt like that Triangle Gate match let me down. As for 2018, which, Mike, just to confirm, that is on the network, correct? Yes, it is. Thank God that keeps this segment intact. 2018 is a fun show. Uh, A few things to note on the Undercard. One, this was the debut of Daga in Dragon Gate, and he takes an insane (laughs) bump in this match. Mike, I know this is one of your favorite moments in company history.
2: So dumb. So dumb. (laughs) Like, like, you think of what... uh, you you think of what uh Diamante has been doing like the hammerick and all like the bumps that like make sense. He just takes a house show dive to the outside for no good reason in match three. Just does it and Daga's time in Dragon Gate was short, but it was eventful. I'll say that. I Look, I liked
0: having him. I wish he would have handled situations much better than he did, because I would have liked to have seen him back in the company. The open the Triangle Gate match was a three-way, nine-man tag. It was Horiguchi, Kaze, and Susumu versus Jason Lee, Ishida, and Doi versus Mochizuki Skywalker and Yoshioka. That was a fun match. Dragon Kid versus Bandito for the Open the Brave Gate title was a lot of fun. I looked back on my review of this show today, and supposedly I gave BB Hulk and Yamato versus Bigar Shimazu and Takashi Yoshida four and a quarter stars. I don't remember this match, but apparently I really liked it. And the main event of Masato Yoshino versus Ben K was another really strong match. The one thing that I omitted from the strong portion of the show was Pac versus Flamita. I don't know. I don't know how it would hold up now, but at the time that was a massive, massive disappointment.
2: Yeah, yeah. This was like Flamita was someone that I will always remember his first run in Dragon Gate because nothing ever kinda came close to it. (laughs) His his (laughs) entire
0: career is in part to his 2014 run in Dragon Gate. And he'll be I he'll still be able to live off of that for me. I don't he could you know, continue to be mediocre for the next fifteen years, and be like, "Well, God, I mean, what?" But maybe he'll be really good. Look at what he did in twenty fourteen. <laughs> I,
2: I, I will say that he does redeem himself in his last match in the promotion with Mexa Blood in that, in that, and fi- that final gate match in twenty eighteen. That wasn't that was a great match, but just this was really kind of weird. Bandito versus Dragon Kid is probably the match that I would double underline, just because that match will probably never happen again. And it's really cool. And easily the best match of Dragon Kid's uh, Brave Gate run that year, that, that reign. And, you know, I like the Hulk and Yamato team a whole lot.
0: Yeah, no, they like were that. they were always over-delivering.
2: Yeah, yeah, so that was really good. And then this was kind of like, so we had Yoshino and Binke in the main event. Uh, situations reversed. This was Binke as a heel and RED and... You know, this was a this was a fun match. It was not. I I mean Yoshino's last Dream Gate run wasn't absolute bangers out the out the bat, but this was a fun match. And you know, what I say, what everyone should do, just go click uh, and see Daga's weird dive because it's absolutely insane. Like that's my, like my biggest takeaway from the show is how insane that dive is. And then Kid versus Bandito.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of Gate of Destiny 2018. That was a show that I remember feeling. Just very good about where the company was at that point and was excited for the future. The year before, Gate of Destiny 2017, I was telling Mike right before he we went on the air, I remember watching this show and probably more so than any big show I can remember since I started reviewing Dragon Gate for Voices of Wrestling in 2015. This show, I just remember not caring about. I was so just disconnected and kind of strung out from Drangate at the time. And I look at this card and I remember some of these matches being really, really good. This was a noteworthy time in the promotion. And I just, I couldn't bring myself to care all that much, but the big stuff on this show is Ricochet versus Ata in a, in a singles match that was Ricochet's final singles match in the company. That match was a ton of fun. There's a great spot in that match where Ricochet is going for the Benadriller and then uh, Aita kind of lands on his feet, hits the ropes, and then... It does like a standing prawn hold on a ricochet. It probably doesn't make a ton of, of sense when you look at the physics behind it, but it looked very cool. There was a Shima and Dragon Kid open the Twin Gate match against Benkei and Bigar R Shimizu. I have said on record now I was wrong about the CK1 reign of Shima and Dragon Kid. Those matches all kicked ass, and we should have enjoyed them more in the moment. And then the main event was Masaki Mochizuki versus Sumiakosuka, and those two do not have bad matches against one another.
2: Yeah, uh Misaki Mochizuki's last title run owned, like, each of the matches were different. Each of the matches were exceptional. He didn't have a long run with the title belt, and the title, when he lost the belt, it was not a very good match, but all of his defenses were fantastic, and this Susumi Okosuka one was just exceptional. Like, this was right after he, ha- he beat Yamato, and he beat Yamato in a match that was by far the best match of Yamato Salrain, And he came out the, the gate with a match I thought was even better with Susumi Okosuka. I think I went four and a half or four and three quarters on this title match. Like, this title match was truly exceptional. And then, yeah, Big Ben versus CK1 was, like... Again, hindsight, that was an awesome title run. It just felt like it was very much a lot of the Shima show at that time. The Triangle Gate match three-way elimination match this is when they were running way too many of them yeah, i did i memory. did not
0: like that match i went back and looked at my review today and i think i was only at three stars with it it for whatever reason just did not connect with me
2: but yeah absolutely uh ricochet versus ada uh this was Ricochet's second to the last match in dragon gate he would have one more match in cork in the next month reuniting the spike mohicans where he, he somehow fit into the spike mohican <laughs> gear <laughs> a hundred pounds
0: of muscle later
2: of which surprised everyone shima most of all going you you found your gear okay did not think you could wear that still okay (laughs) but yeah no this was a this was like a very tumultuous time in the promotion even more so in hindsight like this is no wonder we all were kind of feeling this way because they were kind of probably feeling that way inside the promotion as well so yeah i i would go singles match uh twin gate and then brave gate there
0: And then, Mike, we look at the Gate of Destiny 2016 card, and all I have to say, uh, this was November 3rd, 2016, believe the election that year was on November 4th, what a simpler time, just looking at this card, looking at the the greater landscape of things, what a simpler time to be alive, Gate of Destiny 2016.
2: Yeah, 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 man, (laughs) man, um... Yeah, I'm, um,
0: I'm really sorry. I didn't expect to do you're the, really bumming. Me I out. didn't expect you're to do really? the election tie in. And then I thought about how this year's show is on election day, which, by the way, that is the 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 last time to vote. If you could vote early, please do. I, I beg of you. Uh, but uh, yes, Gate of Destiny 2016, if it wasn't depressing enough for the global circumstances, the main event was unfortunately very depressing with hindsight.
2: Yeah, the main event was the Team Tozawa-Akira Final Special Six-Man Tag Team Match. This was Akira Tazawa's farewell match to the Dragon System. It had Shingo Takagi, Yamato, BB Hulk versus Akira Tozawa, Naruki Doi, freshly kicked out of her just turned face, teaming up with Masato Yoshino. And I watched part of this yesterday, and a lot of the show is clipped up there on the network, but they leave everything of this match they have the great videos dragon Gate, one of the best people in the business like they don't go flashy with their with their pre-roll videos but they do an exceptional job they're going through a tozawa's career the match is an emotional fest and you have one of those dragon Gate graduations that are just uh you know tear jerkers there but the rest of the show like this was a really strong show. showcase like i'm looking at this and i remember ada versus flamita i mean decent a match, uh, another three That Ada versus
0: Flamita match, sorry to cut you off, that Ada versus Flamita match was like a big deal that that was happening because this is 2016 Ada and Flamita, and, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but just Ada's ties to Mexico and how much he enjoyed that, and at this point, Flamita, I look. I still love him. I, I feel like I just buried him a few minutes ago, and I didn't mean to. Still love him. And this is 2016, Flamita, who can still really do no wrong. And that match brought in like a different sector of fans, specifically to check that out. And then it was just, it was just kind of okay.
2: It was fine. It was like a three and a half star special. Yeah. Um, Jimmy's versus Masashi Suzuki, Big Bigar Shimizu, and Peter Kasa versus T Hawk, Brother Yashi, and Cyber Kong. I don't remember this match but I'm looking at the names involved I'm like this match could have gone two could go two different ways. One would be like, wow, that match surprisingly ruled or well, that match happened. I don't have any memory of it, Case. What is your memory of this match? If not just for the show, for my own memory. Like I'm old, Case. You have to jog my memory sometimes.
0: Look, brother, you know me. If Peter Casas at the match, I probably liked it. All right. I thought Peter Casas' tour was a ton of fun, and I thought that like weird hodgepodge, he was just basically his tour was just unaffiliated Triangle Gate teams. Like, he kept on challenging for the belt with different guys. And I liked all of those matches.
2: That, that, that's fair. That's fair. And then CK1 versus Yokosuka Chome. Like, this was another solid, like, the CK1 title run for, like, one that was, that literally went forever.
0: It went for a year. Probably. It went from this show to next year's show. And then Dragon yeah. Kid got hurt, and they did the, the vacant Twin Gate four-way at Final Gate
2: yeah yeah and it was the i mean had insane amount of defenses tied uh i believe it t- ended up tying uh doyama and defenses but took over them for uh days held the belt but you know they really probably had like about an average of four and a quarter stars each of the matches well, well like it was a very consistent title run if i remember right yeah,
0: the Shima Dragon Kid run was a lot of fun. And it was, I mean, mostly influenced by the, the this show at the time and the, the roundtable that we had of people that were just greatly against this title run. But I remember specifically, they did. Shima and Dragon Kid defended the belts at Hakata Star Lanes against KZ and Maria. And they retained. And then they went into Champion Gate that year. And. It was BB Hulk and KZ. And I think the narrative started to change after they beat Hulk and KZ because we all thought it was going to be the KZ elevation. Well, maybe he can't beat them with Maria, but he can certainly beat them with BB Hulk. I remember loving those two matches. KZ and Shimo always had fun chemistry with one another, and uh, they retained in both of those matches... And then from there they went on. I mean, Kobe World 2017, Shimon Dragon yeah. Kid versus Speed Muscle. I mean, that's an all-time tw- Twin Gate match right there. And uh, it were just people didn't seem to appreciate it in the moment. But I really like that reign. The other thing on this show, and I just checked the network to make sure it's on there, and it is. And not only is it on there, but I now have a a great question to ask you about this match. But the opener okay. on Gate of Destiny 2016, it is Kaito Ishida, Punch Tamanaga and Takahiro Yamamura, versus, and listen to these names closely, Hyo Watanabe, Futa Nakamura, and Shun Watanabe. We are talking the infancy of the careers of Benkei and Shun Skywalker, and obviously Hyo, but the thing that I don't remember, I just fired this match up, Mike, Punch Tamanaga is bald. I mean, his head is shining. Why did he get his head shaved? I do not remember.
2: I think this was, like, right after he joined over-generation. He was Shingo Takagi's lackey for most of uh, Berserk. Like, he was never brought in as a full member, and I think, like, he finally got kicked out and got his head shaved. So, I think it was, like, something in the regards to that, then. I want to yeah, say from me, Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, he looks... I, 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 don't, I don't think this is offensive to say, if it is, feel free to cut it. I, he looks like a Shaolin monk. Like, he looks... Kind of not does, like yeah. Punch Tomonaga,
2: it really caught me off guard when I started that file. <laughs> well, like it, it's something that like I rewatched like the main event today, and he comes in and like you you could play pull off his head, like, like he had, like, <laughs> like it's like a perfectly like uh, like uh, Kenichiro Rai does not have a as smooth of a scalp as uh, Punch Tomonaga did at this time. So I think it was related to that. My memory might be a little off, but. I, I, I'm i willing to guess that given the time of the company, it probably had something to do with Punch Hominaga.
0: That probably sounds right. And that is uh, that is Gate of Destiny 2016. We move a year prior to 2015, a show that I have just very fond memories of watching live. And the stuff that matters, the Open the Brave Gate three-way elimination match with Kotoka, Akira Tozawa, and Naoki Tanazaki, three guys no longer in the company which is a real bummer. The Triangle Gate Defense with Shima, Gamma, and Fuji versus Jimmy Kness, uh, Jimmy Susumu, and Rio Jimmy Saito. Twin Gate Match, Doi and Yamato versus Masato Yoshino and T-Hawk and Mike. The main event, my pick for the greatest match in Dragon Gate history, Dragon System history, for that matter, if you want to talk about Toriumon, Dragon Gate UK, Dragon Gate USA, and Dragon Gate Proper. This is as good as it gets. It is up on the network in full. Shingo Takagi versus Masaki Mochizuki.
2: Well, case it's both of our last five-star matches within the Dragon Gate, within the Dragon System.
0: Yeah, for as as much as we love the company right now, it has been five years since I have given a match five stars. It was this show, November 1st, 2015, that I went the full five on Shingo versus Mochizuki.
2: Yeah, yeah, and This is the match that is noted on Cage Match as a five-star match, even though Dave Meltzer has not officially said it. We just need to tweet Dave to say, yeah, that match is five stars, and we're good to go. We need to tweet Uh, Dave
0: from a a new account, though, one without a profile picture and one with, like, three followers, and then Dave will see it and respond.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. We just have too many followers between the two of us (laughs) for that. Uh, This show, like, the Brave Gate match, excellent. Uh, The Triangle Gate match, Hey, I love the zombie veterans. The zombie veterans were a great trio going against Susumu Sumo Kness, Kness. was still doing pretty okay at that point. And then Cyrio, Doyama versus Yoshino and T-Hawk. Like, not one of the best matches at Doiyama's reign, but still a really solid one. And then, like, really, like, the only match on the show that I would say just give it a big old skip is Kong and Ryu versus Tomanaga and Takahiro Yamamura. So, no, that, so, so that face turn happened a lot earlier. Then no, I have no clue why uh, Punchamaga's head was shaved. Probably something happened that he was bullied and got his head shaved. That's my yeah, guess. Yeah, because
0: it wasn't a dead or alive stipulation. Because this show happened in November, right. but his head is shiny bald, and it just it caught me off guard. But no, Gate of Destiny 2015 is a sleeper. Not it's it's not the best show of all time, but it probably needs to be mentioned in that discussion when discussing the best Duran Gate shows of all time.
2: Yeah, definitely like a second tier. Yeah, headlined
0: by a match that I, it's, I've, I think I've watched that match four times now. I watched it live, I rewatched it for match of the year voting, I remember I watched it two years ago, and then I watched it when it was uploaded to the network last week, and it's just as good now as it ever has been. It is, it is truly a perfect wrestling match.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the, the, the best singles match, like, I mean, like, I emotionally like, uh, the mascara contra mascara, uh, Dragon Kid versus Darkness Dragon match more, but that's also because there's so much stuff going into that match. It was at the biggest show of the show of the promotion's history at that point, and it just had like all the things. And you had like a bloodied, uh, Dragon Kid at the end of it. But if you're talking about like pure ring work, nothing better than Misaki Mochizuki Shingo Takagi from Gate of Destiny 2015.
0: Gate of Destiny. 20- nothing better. Yeah, no, nothing better. Gate of Destiny 2014 that got uploaded to the network this week. That is now on there. Another show not too shabby. I really like the Triangle Gate match. Horiguchi, Susumu, and Saito versus Kong, Doi, and Yamato. The Twin Gate match, Shima and Gamma of Osaka 06 against Teahawk and Eita. Anytime those two teams wrestled, it was essential viewing. That match was phenomenal. And the main event, not only a great match, but I tweeted it out on the VoiceGate account. The video package that led in to BB Hulk defending the Open the Dream Gate belt against Akira Tozawa is the single best video package Dragon Gate has ever done. It is, it is is top-notch. And like Mike said earlier, you know, Dragon Gate doesn't do flashy video packages. No, what they do is they do emotionally gut-wrenching video packages, and the build to Tozawa versus Hulk was absolutely phenomenal. I love the main event, but the video package before it is just as good as any of the in-ring work.
2: Yeah, so... Just as a tease for the video package, uh, Hulk and, and uh, Tozawa joined the Dragon Gate Dojo at the same t- at the same day. And it's also brought up during the uh, 2016 Gate Destiny match uh, for the uh, Tozawa Farewell match that they came in the same way. And then the video package, like even if you don't follow, even if you don't know Japanese, it's very easy to follow. It's the idea of wh- whereas Hulk, everything was pretty much smooth sailing for Hulk, but Kira Tozawa basically had to claw his way up to it and they revisit Hulk and Akira, at the tag team, and Blood Warriors, and it, they end it with both of them, like, looking at the dojo photo of the two of them. By the way, Case, do you know who is the man who stands next to Akira Tozawa in this photo?
0: You know, I did at one point, but I don't remember who it is.
2: That's as you see Kanda, baby.
0: Oh, my man.
2: Yeah, back when uh, Kanda was, was temporarily retired due to a cervical dislocation of the spinal column. sounds
0: really. That sounds really, that just, sounds really painful
2: two and a half centimeters dislocated like it's it's a wonder that this guy ever came back wrestling and he's still wrestling 14 years after he returned but yeah he was in office he was in the office then and they had this photo that they both looked at and they and they leave a note and sign the back of it akira tozawa perfect handwriting leaves a note there and then i remember uh jay saying and bb hulk basically like scribbled on it and it's completely illegible but all-time great all-time great video like basically the stuff that they were doing with Akira Tozawa and also helps that Akira Tozawa can cry at the drop of a hat. Like, he's a, he's an emotional guy. I respect There's him. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But, like, the rest of the show, I mean, that Diaheart's team was a whole lot of fun. This was the period where they cared about Sachioko Boy
0: yeah that's right that's a middle of the match uh a middle of the card match masato yoshino shingo takagi and sachi Boy versus big r shimizu dragon kid and masaki mochizuki you're sorry to cut you off i'm gonna repeat exactly what you just said but this is when they cared about sachi Boy a long long time ago
2: yeah yeah and then osaka zenroke versus tne i mean that's the good stuff right there uh don't remember at all this Jimmy's versus Matt Blinkey uh, triangle game match. I'm I'm willing to guess that given the people there and who it's involved, probably a pretty good tip.
0: I think Kong's 2014 is one of his better years and him being yeah, there with Doi Yamato, it, it helped. And then, you know, we uh, the all of those, with the exception of 2019, which we don't know the story there, all of those are on the network right now as you're listening to this on October 30th. Gate of Destiny 2013 will be uploaded. To my knowledge, the uploads will stop after 2013, which is a bummer because Gate of Destiny is a show that has happened every year since 2007. Uh, Notably, 2011 had what I think is the best cage match they've ever done, and 2012 had a Johnny Gargano appearance on it, which was always fun to see him. But I do not believe those are getting uploaded, so we will end with our 2013 Gate of Destiny recommendations there is an 8-man tag on this undercard that is unbelievable to look at. It is Shiba, Subasa, Masaki Mochizuki and Shima versus Flamita, Rocky Lobo, UT and the character debut of Yosuke Santa Maria. If that wasn't weird enough, the Brave Gate match on this show is Genki Horigushi versus Anthony Nice. Twin Gate member of Monster <laughs>
2: Express Anthony, long
0: nice. running was- member of Monster Express Anthony, Dees, nice. very popular with the fans, very popular with the boys. Everybody loved him. Open the Twin Gate match Tiok and Eita versus Dragon Kid and Kness. Open the Triangle Gate match now. This one I don't remember, but it looks excellent. It's BB Hulk, Cyber Kong, and Yamato versus Akira Tozawa, Shingo Takagi, and Uha Nation. And then your main event, i it's not essential viewing to me. It's Open the Dream Gate, Masato Yoshino versus Naruki Doi. I think it's probably the weakest singles match those two had on a big stage, but it's yeah. Doi and Yoshino, so it's still you know good at the very least.
2: And here's the difference between us and Dave Meltzer. Dave gave us four and a half stars, <laughs> and I'm like, this was like a four-star match. Like this, They had much better. Uh, Yeah, T&E versus Double Dragon. That's cool. That uh, Anthony... Anthony Neese, just, just so we, we get this out there, the reason why we're cracking on Anthony Neese, he did, like, two tours of Dragon Gate, joined Monster Express, and then proceeded to be in all the programs on the website up until he was signed by WWE, and Monster Express ended.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was roughly at the same roster. time. I think it was October of 2016 for both of those events. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, like, he stayed on the roster forever. I have programs from like, 2015 that he's still a part of it. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then, yeah, so she... So Shiba is Katoka. He did a Shima copycat gimmick. Subasa. That's someone that used to stop by a whole lot. I don't know what Subasa is up to now. I wonder what I wonder what Subasa is up to. Subasa's 47. Oh, Tsubasa's working a lot of VKF. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's know. an Osaka Pro guy. He's as sleazy as it gets. I mean, he's an Osaka Pro guy going back to the Way the back. inception of in Osaka Pro 1999. So it was weird to see him on that show. It just a match with Kotoka doing a Shima copycat, Subasa, Rocky Lobo, and the debut of Yosuke Santa Maria. There was just a lot going on in that eight-man tag.
2: So we might need to turn to a, v- a VKF uh, podcast because let me tell you about this match that VKF had in, uh, in February this year. This is from VKF uh, Starcade 2020. They do copy a lot of the... Uh, a-, a lot of things they don't have the copyright for i'm just going to run down some of these matches on this card because this card is just insane it's at azalea taisha osaka for 200 people uh so we have koji kenamoto and minoru takada tag teaming listen to this trio's match case viva mex Cabrones of billy kin kid Masamune, subasa defeat monkey business superstars hide Kobata, kenichi Rai, and miyawaki
0: that is a match
2: (laughs) and and then uh, black buffalo is on the card and a guy whose name is and i'm looking at cage match here so who knows if it's correct kita in the house that's the person's (laughs) name is the former kita yano you know in the uh, house vkf owns i've decided i'm all aboard vkf now
0: this card is something else. Uh Milwaukee once worked a PWG show with Kosma Sakamoto to make it come full yeah. circle. They they wrestled a triple threat tag match. It was them the Young Bucks and I think it was Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson. It might have been Ryan and Scott Lost, but that match is like way better than it has any right to be. It's pre Peak Young Bucks, and then it's just two random Japanese guys with the dynasty, and it totally worked. That match is awesome. Uh, look, Koji Kanemoto is canceled on the internet, but I'll still watch him work because he's still really, really good. And somehow, you get a show with Koji kanamoto with Billy Kin Kid, with Sugi. I mean, this is a who's who of Japanese sleaze. That is, that is what I like to see.
2: And some great stable names, Viva Mex Cabronas and Monkey Business Superstars, and that's not even the best one. Let me get into the sleaze name here, Melt Brain Dancing, Chango, Psycho, and Shinya Ishida. God, Osaka, this is what happens when Osaka Pro dies, you get stuff (laughs) like this, because Miyawaki was a Kai and Tai Dojo guy that started doing a lot more uh, Osaka Pro, but I know Miyawaki because he did a lot of Chikara stuff.
0: Mike, without so. looking, are you aware of who the current UWA World Trios champions are?
2: Is it the Viva Mex Cabrones? It
0: is the Viva Mex Cabrones. They won those titles on a big Japan show in February, defeating uh, a- Akiyori Takizawa, uh, Ryoto Nak- uh, Nakatsu, and friend of the show, Naoki Tanazaki so was
2: that was that sparky that is
0: indeed the sparky unit and that was a show in osaka number two that might have made tape
2: sparky like i i I hope naoki's doing all right i think i think the the show did
0: make tape because it's the shima did a death match on this show and defeated yeah
2: yeah this was the blast match watch
0: that 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 trio's match looks excellent what was i doing skipping that in february i had so much time on my hands (laughs)
2: yeah no i'm with you on that that is <sighs> sometimes you gotta remember some guys look that's I, I,
0: that's what you know the third hour of the voice of wrestling flagship <laughs> is aggressively horny the hour and 20 minute mark on open the voice gate is let's play let's look through cage match and remember some guys and i wouldn't have it any other way
2: I, I, and here's another thing for the bodyguard fears Guess what? Now we could say, like, oh, Bodyguard, like in 2022, case okay, so of, like, oh yeah, Bodyguard was on this show. What's Bodyguard up to in 2022? <laughs> we'll be able to do that two years from now. Like, that's the advantage of having the guys in here. However, Taru, Taru, we we, we can't abide by. Like, like, everyone sit down and say, like, yes, we know you like Taru. Taru, you know, and Dragon Gate, no one hated Taru, but there's enough reasons not to book Taru. <laughs> Yeah, so it looks like that. Just that's, bring it back full circle. Yes. <laughs> no, back well full
0: done. Well, it looks like that's all the Gate of Destiny shows we're going to get. If for some reason they do upload shows prior to 2013, 2012, like I said, Johnny Gargano and Naruki Doi versus Shingo and Yamato. The 2011 show has the best cage match ever. And uh, I like that 2007 show. Real, just another era of Dragon Gate. But one that was really fun, Eric Cannon is on that show, teaming with Genki Horiguchi against Akira Tozawa and Kenichiro Rai. El Generico also on that show, but the last two matches, Speed Muscle versus Saito and Susumu and Shima versus Shingo, those are classics. But again, I don't think we're getting that on the network, unfortunately. But, Mike, we gave the people, what, seven years of Gate of Destiny? Rex, I think we've done our job.
2: Yeah, I feel like we did our job here. Also, another reason why don't worry about Bodyguard 2007, Dragon Kid was going against Kenzo Suzuki. A, really doesn't matter.
0: A, a dark timeline. That that show, just to quickly read this 2007 Gate of Destiny card, because it looks in, more insane Wild every times. time I look at it. Opening match Shinobu, Shisa Boy, and Sakurai Chikawa versus Ape Kamada, MCKZ, and Yuki Ono. Proper opener was BB Hulk, Yamato, and El Generico versus Anthony W. Mori, Pac, and Super Shisa. Eric Cannon and Horiguchi versus Tozawa and Arai. Magnitude Kishiwata versus Cybercog. Don Fuji Kines and Masaki Mochizuki versus Gamma Yasushi Kanda and no- uh, Nozawa Guy, Dragon Kid versus Kenzo, and then Speed Muscle versus uh, Saito and Susumu, and Shima versus Shingo. I've watched this show before, and I don't remember it being this insane.
2: I mean, you, you got to ask yourself some questions when Kenzo Suzuki is third from the top, you know? There, there, there's some questions to be asked there, but that tri- that Triangle Gate team, the, the uh, Misaki, Mochizuki, and Don Fuji stuff that they did before, like all the unit stuff was so much was so good, and Kness was solid there as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a match in that reign that I really like, and I'm going to try to find it real quickly on cage match it was yeah the only time they held the belts as a trio uh yeah it was fuji kines and mochizuki versus cyber kong shingo in kota ibushi on stormgate yeah. 2007 yeah that's the match i really like <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought
2: big big sunner there big sunner there case two of the best wrestlers of all time and uh, cyber kong
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes to, to say the least it's-
2: Didn't mean that it's a slight against Cyber Kong. No, he's just not.
0: He's not Shingo Takagi, and he is certainly not Kota Ibushi.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that is fair to say. But I think that's probably it. We went a little bit longer than I expected, but, you know, it was a quiet week, and we wanted to talk about this. Uh, Be be sure, if you have the network, to go watch Shingo versus uh, Mochizuki. Go watch, like, basically, the main events of 2014 through 2016 were all great stuff on of destiny
0: yeah no they're typically a very fun show and next week we will have a brief review of the nara show on the 25th and a full in-depth thorough preview of gate of destiny you will not find better coverage anywhere on the airwaves or the i'm sure we'll do a written group preview on voicesofwrestling.com as well so that is coming next week and mike it is time to land this plane
2: Yep, that's going to do it for this episode. You could follow us on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate. Case is at underscore in your case. And I'm at Fujiheya, so we'll be back with you next week with our big Gate of Destiny 2020 preview. That's going to do it for this time I open the VoiceGate. Take care.